This episode of The How of Business is brought to you by ZBrand. ZBrand is the all-in-one branding platform for jumpstarting your small business. With ZBrand, you can create a complete brand system that includes logos, colors, branded templates, and more. All pre-designed based on your vision to deliver brand consistency, impact, and business growth. Get the effective brand your business deserves without investing too much time and money so you can focus on growing your business. It's easy, it's quick, and it's free to get started. To learn more about ZBrand, visit zbranding.com or text biz to 31996 and I will reply with the link to the free ZBranding starter guide. Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Brian Klein. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Henry. Glad to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. And again, I appreciate uh, your patience. We had to reschedule from last week just as we were getting started to do, I had two podcasts that had to reschedule last week. We lost internet for the day. So you can only imagine we're all quarantined, trying our best to work from home and no internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> so thanks yep. for your patience on that. Oh, totally, totally fine. Yeah. So we're going to chat about Brian's entrepreneurial journey, how he got to where he is today, which is he's, he's the founder and the owner of the Max Challenge. And, and then we're going to dive into some more of those experience, how he got that business launched, where they are today, how they're dealing with the COVID-19 situation. Um, they're a franchise business, so he'll share some of the insights as to, if you might be interested, what it might take for you to be a franchisee. So that's what we're going to chat about today is how he got to where he is today with the Max Challenge. If you want to receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page for this episode and other episodes, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So Brian Klein is an entrepreneur and the founder, I say, as I said, of the Max Challenge. The Max Challenge is a franchise fitness business that helps its members transform their minds, their bodies, and their spirits in just 10 weeks. It has a 10-week program to inspire everyone, as he says, to not settle for mediocrity. Brian believes that excellent is excellence is not something that's reserved for the elite few. Excellence is something that is within the grasp of all of us, and he has made it his life's mission to help others achieve their own personal best. Brian has been a martial arts master instructor since 1987, and he's the author of the book, To the Max, How I Went from Being a Fat, Sick, Tired Mess to Living a Life Filled with Success. He's talking to us today from outside of New York City and New Jersey. And so once again, Brian Klein, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Henry. It's a pleasure to be here. So I want to start with, you know, going back to the book title, why, tell us a story of how you found yourself, as you say, fat, sick, and a tired mess. Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I, 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 from a very young age, had a uh, love for martial arts, and I was very fortunate because my parents put me in a martial arts program uh, at the age of just six years old. Wow. And yeah. And you know, I I didn't understand for a a large majority of my life, how people didn't have a passion because the minute that I stepped out onto that floor as a six year old, I knew that that I wanted to spend a good portion, if not the majority of my life, if not my entire life Mm -hmm. 
you know, in that setting, you know, and as I start to grow through the years as a martial artist, I began to gain a very deep level of satisfaction from helping other people benefit from a martial arts program in the way that I did, you know, helping them develop the confidence, the self-discipline, the follow-through, the stick-to-itiveness, all those attributes that martial arts has become known for, you know, I made it, you know, I knew that I got just a tremendous amount of satisfaction from helping other people get those benefits. So I began marching down this road of business ownership actually at a very young age. At 16 years old, I started a little martial arts school in my parents' basement by the time I was 18. Yeah, I signed my first lease when I was 18. By the time I was 22, I had a, a small regional chain of martial arts schools, and I was doing quite well with it. And in my mid-20s, uh, my wife and I got the best news that young people could get. We learned that we were going to be first-time parents. And, uh, you know, every night we would stay up late talking about our hopes and our dreams for the future. And every one of those conversations with them the same way, as I'm sure, you know, many people could relate to that are parents, you know, as long as our kid is happy and healthy, that is all that would matter. Well, one day we got the news that our child wasn't going to be healthy. We at a routine doctor's visit, we learned that not only was my uh, unborn child's life in jeopardy, but my wife's life was in jeopardy as well. And essentially it set us down this path. She, our our unborn child uh, underwent experimental surgery. We're actually on the discovery channel, believe it or not, Henry. Yeah. You know, when they follow you around with the camera right? and it was all documented. It's, it's on the discovery channel. We're on the front page of the New York times science section. Cause this was the first time that they did this particular surgery in utero. But the short of it is, is that my son was eventually born. He was under two pounds. Wow. So it was, it was a struggle. The first two years of life was a lot of ups and downs. uh, And, and, and the struggle continued and throughout that time, I literally gained over a hundred pounds. Mm. So I went from being an athlete to being over a hundred pounds uh, overweight. And uh, it was just an incredible experience because then I would look in the mirror. I, I almost didn't even recognize that I'd gained so much weight. I'd stopped weighing myself. And when I finally realized what, how terrible my health had become and went to get back into shape, you know, I joined every gym every small group training gym in the area, every personal trainer knows me, every big box gym, every one of these gyms I would join. And it was very frustrating because people were walking in and out every single day and they looked the same as they did the day before. I mean, I'd see these people day after day, week after week, month after month, not making any real progress. And then I'm beginning to recognize that the majority of those people that sign up for memberships at these big box gyms never even use them. Hmm. So I I start to think to myself, my goodness, what a tremendous opportunity to combine, you know, fitness with nutrition counseling, because most people don't know, you know, up from down with nutrition and nutrition is a huge part of it. Now we know it in the back of our minds, but we kind of ignore it. So fitness with nutrition counseling and motivation to help people completely transform their lives. And as I transform my life back to that of an athlete, I you know, took a leap of faith, uh, invested in the first match challenge center and realized almost immediately that my hunch was correct. There was a tremendous demand. Our program literally went from just 32 members at grand opening 
to over 500 members in just six months. And Henry, I, when I tell you this, this is without exaggeration, with literally no advertising other than word of mouth advertising, the success of going from 32 to 500 was based solely on the word of mouth advertising and delivering on our promise, literally helping people to transform their lives in 10 weeks. So no. it's a little bit of a long answer, but I think it's, uh, it kind of sums it up pretty good. Yeah, no, it's an amazing story. I want to go back and, and break it down a little bit. So when you had the challenge presented to you with, with your, your child, did, did, did you close at that point? Did you have uh, a gym, a, a, a martial arts facility? Did you close that down? I kind of lost there as to what happened to that, those early yeah, so businesses. Amazingly, at that point in time, I'd worked, you know, very hard, you know, luckily, I had some really fantastic mentors in my life. One of them being my own father, who's been a, a business person his entire life as well. And, uh, you know, I signed up for Michael Gerber's program, the E-Myth, before it was even known as the E-Myth. And I think I was probably one of the youngest people to actually you know, sign up for that program. And for anyone who hasn't read his book called The E-Myth, The Entrepreneurial Myth, it's, I believe, an absolutely essential book for anyone looking to get into business or to up their game in the business that they already have. And so you now I was working diligently to develop systems, procedures, standard operating procedures. And uh, we had an infrastructure in place. It wasn't just one martial arts school at that time. I, I had a, a small chain of schools. And uh, ultimately, I, I managed it remotely. Um, you know, I had, a, I had managers that, you know, I met with uh, over the phone, and they basically ran the business for me. And really, that business ended up doing better in the year that, or two that I wasn't there than the years that I was there full time. But why didn't you, so why did you seek out other gyms then when you were trying to get back in shape? Had you gotten rid of this business by then, sold it by then, or did you still have those, those uh, martial arts studios? I still had them and I was still practicing martial arts, but um, you know, I woke up one day and I, and, and one of the promises that I made to my son, right? When he was born is, is literally, you know, to, to give this story a little bit more depth, Literally what had happened is the morning that uh, I went to visit my wife in the hospital, and it wasn't the day that she's supposed to deliver, and I, I showed up to her room, she wasn't there. Mm. I go to the nurse's station, I said, where's my wife? You know, by that time they all knew me because I'd been visiting her in the hospital literally every single day for what must have been three, four months at the time, right? And so they say she's downstairs, she's in labor and delivery, go down and see her. So they walk me to the room and I'm pacing back and forth and I'm getting in the doctor's way. I'm making the nurses and the staff nervous. And, and they said to me, look, this isn't happening right this second. Go downstairs, get something to eat, relax, come back in about an hour. Everything's going to be fine. So when I come back up, Henry, it, I'm walking towards the room and I see the lights flashing and literally the doctors and the nurses are running in and out. It, it, it's obvious that it had become emergent. And they were delivering in the room, cesarean section, you know, basically doing an operation in the room. Wow. Uh, they didn't have time to take her to the operating room. And they were delivering right there. And as I approached the door, they pushed me back and said, you know, wait outside. Uh, we'll call you in when, it, when it's time to come in. And in, in those few minutes that I was waiting outside the room, my back was to the windows where the healthy babies were. And I'm looking at these healthy babies and I'm thinking to myself, how could this be? You know, after all this hoping and it was a horrible situation. And to look at, could you imagine looking at the healthy babies and 
thinking, how's your life going to turn? You know, it's clearly an emergent situation. Even the nurses were, you know, jostled around. And I thought in my mind, if everything turns out okay, I promise to be the best person that I could be. Mm-hmm. And I promise to be the best example for my kids. So this was like a mission to get into the best shape that I could get into. Okay. So, you know, the martial art, like, and I'll tell you, like I was a hundred pounds overweight. I could, couldn't even do the workouts in my martial arts. So you needed some cardio, you needed some other things. And what you mostly needed was some nutrition guidance. It sounds like. I knew what to do. Right. And I definitely needed nutrition guidance for sure. I needed like that kickstart, but ultimately you know, I knew what to do nutrition wise because I had been an athlete, you know, prior to all that. But ultimately, yeah, I needed the motivation of being in a group setting. I needed the yeah. motivation from a personal trainer. I needed the motivation of uh, a facility. And, you know, w- w- most of these places fell short in almost every single one of those areas. Yeah. All right. Did you go to college? I did. I went to school for what did you uh, study? accounting. Interesting. Why accounting? Why accounting? Okay, so every, my parents are immigrants and, you know, your choices are limited, right? It's like everybody, it was like, look, you know, doctor, lawyer, doctor, accountant, and, doc, account, and then accountant is the next on the list. Okay, sure. if you can't be a doctor, can't be a lawyer, you know, that's the steady income. And, uh, you know, that was, that was their dream for me. So was, even though, even though your dad sounds like certainly, I'm sure your mom as well, were very supportive about your entrepreneurial ventures. They almost wanted you to have a plan B, a fallback plan. Is that fair? I think that my entrepreneurial, you know, for them, my entrepreneurial aspirations were more of the fallback plan. You know, they really ah, hoped that I went I to, you know, a, a, I guess you'd call it back, you know, when they were growing a blue chip company that, you know, you get one job, you hold it for life. That's, you know, that was, I, I guess, their their hopes for me, you know, where you get a 401k and you have a retirement plan and it's all kind of figured out for you. They didn't want me to have to struggle like they did, but yeah, um, yeah I'm certainly glad that I, I took this path because it's been uh, the most gratifying. I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, they took me shopping for a suit and for shoes and everything. And when I graduated, you know, and then I broke the news to them and said, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to go on any interviews. I'm not doing any of that. Doing, I'm not doing this. Well, what did they say at that point? Uh, you know, they were, they were definitely, uh, my dad was, was taken back, you know, but uh, I could tell you that education that I got was definitely, you know, I, I didn't know it at the time. And I think every, if there's any, any teenagers or young adults or college age kids that happen to be listening to this, I didn't listen to my parents uh, very, very much, but I watched them very closely, right? And my father was in, uh, constantly learning, constantly into self-improvement, constantly trying to better himself. And uh, I didn't realize at the time that the, the opportunity he provided for me to go to college would pay off so uh, deeply. But certainly, you know, the, the skills that I learned as far as uh, managing my cash flow, profit and loss statements, balance sheets, you know, the, the financial acumen that I developed in college is something that I lean on on a regular daily basis now as an yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah, no, tremendous advantage there that you maybe didn't realize then. But, and that's one of the things that a lot of business owners, small business owners struggle with is they, they just don't know where to start with the financials. So I can see where that was a huge advantage. But your point of how your parents modeled for you learning and curiosity, that, that's a huge takeaway for you. It's absolutely tremendous. In fact, it's it's one of the hallmarks of our organization now. You know, one of the the 
the values that we really stress in our organization is it to constantly learn and grow. Yeah. And uh, that's, it's, it's just a, it's the backbone to success. All right. Give me in a, in a few sentences, cause we're going to talk more about it, but, but I want to just you to introduce the max challenge concept, introduce this concept for me. So the basic idea behind the max challenge is to help people who've quite possibly never exercised before in their lives, completely turn their health, their fitness and their appearance around in just 10 weeks. And the way that we do that is by combining truly exciting fitness classes with motivation. Cause I know that the best fitness classes in the world are the ones that people actually go to. So we mm -hmm. got to keep people motivated. So motivation is our second element. And then lastly, with nutrition counseling to help people completely transform their lives in just 10 weeks. Um, and then after those 10 weeks, I, I, I maintain, I, I'm, I'm maintaining those habits and that workout routine and that kind of stuff, right? Definitely. You know, the concept base is based on this. Most people aren't interested in completely transforming their lives. They don't want to know about, you know, changing their lifestyle for the rest of their lives. However, if you chunk it down into a 10 week period, that's manageable. I could do that for 10 weeks, right? Sure. But what ends up happening is at the end of these 10 weeks, people have so much more energy. They have so much more uh, drive. They have so much more, they feel so much better in every aspect of their lives that they don't want to stop. And then they continue with the regular uh, fitness regimen with the max challenge. And they, most of them continue on the nutrition plan as well. It literally does become life changing. It becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like when I come in? What am I doing physically? Is it weights? Is it a class? Is it cardio? Is it a mix? What, what am I doing? And how long is a, a mm -hmm. session? How long do I come there for uh, on my regular routine? So classes are 45 minutes at a clip. They're run Monday through Friday. We don't have any classes on the weekends. We're closed on the weekends, unlike most uh, fitness facilities. And Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays is cardio. Tuesdays is upper body, Thursdays is lower body. And what's unique about what we do is that the workouts are designed to work side by side in tandem with the nutrition program. And that's what truly helps people to optimize the results that they're getting. Because as they advance through the program and they begin to get stronger physically, the nutrition changes in order to really help optimize the results that they're getting. Why are you closing the weekends? You know, the thing is, this is, is for our franchisees, for their staff, what the, the level of service that we provide to our members is so intense, right? You know, as an example, if somebody joins a regular gym and they don't show up, the gym's not going to call them. They don't care. The only time the gym is going to call them is when their credit card is declined. Right. And a lot of people could relate to that. In our program, everybody starts on a Monday. And the reason why they start on a Monday, Henry, is because, you know, we want to make sure that, that on Sunday night, we know on Sunday night, most people who haven't exercised before, they're going to be nervous about showing up to their class on Monday. So what we're going to do is we're going to call them on Sunday and we're going to reinforce that we're going to be waiting for them at the door, that we're going to make them feel comfortable. We're going to walk them through the first workout, introduce them to the instructor and make them feel comfortable, et cetera. So we want them to really be focused on providing exceptional member service Monday through Friday. We want the members to be really focused on achieving their results Monday through Friday and then take the weekends off. Okay. So it's 45 minute classes and, and what's typical capacity? How many 
what's the max number of participants in a 45 minute class? So it, it, it varies, but believe it or not, especially in our metro uh, centers that are close to the cities, the most popular class is 5 a.m. Okay. And that class in most of those centers could have upwards of 60 people okay. in a class. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to understand the business model because, and then I'm repeating those 45 minute sessions as, as the provider, as the owner of the, of the max challenge, my location, I'm repeating those throughout the day, or is it only certain times of the day that I'm then doing it again for another group? Yeah, no, they pretty much start every hour on the hours. Every hour, so, hour. Yeah, okay. it starts like five, six, seven, eight, mm -hmm. nine, then 10. Okay. And we take a break until about four, and then the same thing till about nine. Got it, got it. Okay, so, I mean, I think I'm starting to obviously get uh, how you're different from other places, but the nutrition component, that relationship that you're building with the member, uh, the, the program that goes all week, not on the weekends, those have got to be some of the highlights of what makes you different from so many other of these fitness centers that are all over the place these days. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the big cherry on top is guaranteed results, right? right like, so what does that mean? So guaranteed results means exactly that in most markets, it's $500 to, uh, uh, take part in the 10 week challenge. And if somebody's not absolutely 100% satisfied with the results that they get, there's a 100% money back guarantee. And I don't know any fitness facility on the face of the earth that offers a, a complete 100% satisfaction money back guarantee. Um, no strings attached. And we get a few people that request the money back, but the you know what, for the few people that do, there's literally thousands of people that will that that stand behind it. And, you know, people could look on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. The reviews that we get are absolutely outstanding, and it's it's because of that 100% money back guarantee. Mm -hmm. Okay, going back to so initially you started with one of these locations. Did you uh, imagine right off the bat that you were going to franchise this, or did that come later? I you know it, people ask me that question, and I did. I did imagine that I was going to franchise it. And um, I, I immediately saw, when I saw the traction of, of growing from 32 to 500 with, you know, just really word of mouth uh, advertising, you know, I knew that I was onto something. Yeah, you, began, you knew you had something there. No, you knew we did. We yeah. began opening up company owned stores. We had six of them and we started to replicate those same results and from there we knew that it was a slam dunk that and, and by then you were already a student of the e-myth and building it even if you're not going to franchise even if you have just one unit building it as if it's a franchise right so you already had that philosophy is that true that's true yeah. all went into this business with that philosophy yeah. having been uh through the e-myth program so how long from uh, opening the first one to you've got about six locations now we're ready to do franchising? What period of time was that? It was about 18 months. Okay. So pretty fast. It, it was very fast. It was actually very fast. And, you know, I, I remember walking into the attorney's office, sitting down with him, going through the, the whole, you know, talk with him. And I, and I said about how long does it take? to prepare all the documents and uh, get ready to, to sell the first franchise. And he's looking at me like I got 10 heads. He goes, you know, yeah, yeah. you seem to be in a rush. You know, some, some people start a franchise organization and then it takes them a year, two years to sell the first unit. I said, get it to me in six months. I guarantee you I'll, I'll have six of them 
you know, with, and we did. The, within a month of having our paperwork prepared, we, we sold our first six units. It was, yeah. And often what I hear, Brian, is the big challenge is people don't have their systems ready. They've got a good idea, maybe even a good business model, but it's hard to replicate and they have to go do that work. You seem like you had that ready to go. We definitely had it ready to go. Um, there's absolutely no doubt about it. We had a, a complete learning management system, you know, locked and loaded where a, a new franchisee could come on board and learn our sales process by viewing videos, taking quizzes. And it, it's only gotten better, you know, year after year after year. All right. How did you fund? How did you fund initially when you opened the first one? And then how did you fund the growth? Tell me about that. You know, so I, I once read... Uh, this book called uh, Small Bets, I believe it was called Small Bets. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I've been reading that book. It's about the whole philosophy of using that approach from that, that comes from gambling and how you make decisions. Is that right? Something to that effect. Okay, right. It was years that I would go that I read it. Right. Okay. But okay. The, the, the 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 title of the book, Small Bets. So if you just stick with the title, you know, I said I'm going to make a small bet and I'm going to leverage my. Uh, my current business, right? You know, what do I have in my current business? It was a martial arts school. So I had space that was empty in the mornings. And I thought to myself, if I could use that space to start this off and, you know, take a small bet and invest, you know, a little bit of money and a lot of knowledge, let's see what we could do. And that's where the 32 went to the 500. And then we moved, we took the store next door and turned it into its own, uh, you know, its own business in the store next door. That was within less than a year's amount of time. Then, you know, often what happens, you know, I've, I've considered franchising a couple of concepts and I have clients who've done the same and, and I've gotten advice just like you did. What I've always been told is it's, it's a whole different business, right? So somebody's going to have to dedicate themselves to the franchising side of it while you also maintain, I think you said you had six corporate units. Um, how did you manage that? Is, is that what you shifted and focused on then? Tell me a little bit about that transition. Yeah. So I made a decision early on that I wanted to grow, use franchising as a method to grow. And, you know, that did, that did, you know, require a, a deeper investment in the infrastructure of the business. So the way that we funded it is we began to convert our company owned stores to franchises. I see. Yeah. And that was, uh, you know, that was imperative to our success. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say we, who are we talking about? Did you have partners? No, no partners. I mean, I do, I do have very close relationships with the other people, with the people on my team. And I guess I refer to everybody as we, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the way I look at it. You know, we're a strong knit team, uh, almost, uh, almost like a family. Uh, we, you know, and uh, I think that's really, really important. Uh, I couldn't do it alone. There's, there's no doubt that I could do it, couldn't do this by myself. But you and your wife uh, so far have retained 100% ownership. Uh, it depends who you ask. If you ask my <laughs> wife, <laughs> then you have a small percentage. Exactly. Yes. Got it. Okay. This is Henry Lopez with a brief break from this episode to introduce you to our new sponsor, Zbrand. Zbrand is the all-in-one branding platform to help you jumpstart your small business. You know you need a clear and effective brand for your small business, but you also know you don't have the budget to hire an expensive designer or marketing agency. What you need are the essential components of a brand and a way to effectively communicate your brand to your partners, staff, and customers. 
but you may not even know where to start with your brand colors. With ZBrand, you can realize your brand vision, and then you can consistently communicate that brand vision to help you grow your business. By asking some simple questions about your business, ZBrand's artificial intelligence-based algorithm creates a uniquely tailored brand toolkit full of essential marketing pieces that reflect your vision. From logos, fonts, and colors, to website templates and social media icons, you get the effective brand your business deserves without investing too much time and money so you can focus on growing your business. To learn more about ZBrand, visit zbranding.com or text biz to 31996 and I will reply with a link to the free ZBrand starter guide. If you think back, especially as you were making that transition to becoming a franchisor, do you recall something that was a surprise? That was a challenge you did not expect something that you're like, huh, I didn't think this would happen that you had to overcome. Yeah. Um, I guess let me, I'm trying to think of what would be the most significant surprise. Um, you know, I would say that, you know, most of the surprises shouldn't have really been surprises. And I, and I think that most of the things that sneak up on us in life, other people have experienced. And uh, I had plenty of fantastic mentors and a lot of great advice from my lawyers, my CPAs, and from other franchisors that have been around a whole lot longer than I've been. You know, like, oh, don't, don't open up your first units on the other side of the country type of thing. <laughs> Oh, but our thing is different. And these people right. are different, right? And as it turns out, no, our, our model isn't different and people aren't different. So I think a lot of the struggles of opening up uh, too far from our home base uh, that were a surprise to me, I could have avoided. So if there's any piece of advice that people could get from this is, you know, take the advice of people that have been there before because they're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, that, and that's a big one, spreading yourself too thin. The yeah. other thing that I've seen as a challenge is you go from you're in control so you can implement something right away or an act of change. Now you're guiding someone else that is an independent business owner. Of course, they've got a franchise agreement with you, but, but, but they're independent. And so you, you're trying to influence and guide them, but you're somewhat at the mercy of them doing it, right? That's sometimes a struggle, especially for us as type A personalities where we're kind of take charge people. How did you manage that? So, you know, I, I subscribe to the, this philosophy to focus on what I do have control over and to kind of take what I don't have control over and push that aside. And the more that I focus on, uh, like Stephen Covey would say, your circle of influence rather than your circle of concern, the more that you focus on what you can truly influence the greater your power to influence grows. But the greater you focus on your circle of concern, it actually diminishes the amount of influence you could have upon the results that you're getting. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes a franchisee is stuck and, you know, they just want to focus on their members. They don't want to focus on their cash flow or they don't want to focus on uh, a certain aspect of maybe sales, right? Well, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to influence them up to the degree, but then we're going to have a conversation with them. We're going to move on to the next subject or move on to the next franchisee and just not get hung up on that. I think yeah, that's yeah. where people really get tripped up. They get hung up. Things aren't going well. And sometimes something's not going to go well. You just got to let go and you got to move to the next opportunity. 
Yeah. But I, I got to think it also ties back to, I, I think you were alluding to that epiphany moment you had of wanting to help others. And this is how you are doing that in part is by helping other independent franchisees become successful. Is that, is that fair? Beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, ultimately what we what we're doing for our members is absolutely incredible. But now, as you said before, we're not only in the business of helping people transform their lives through fitness, nutrition, and motivation, we're in the business of helping new business owners transform their lives through business ownership. And that's probably even more satisfying than it is to, to, uh, to see people uh, just in the physical realm. Yeah, no, I can see that. All right, so, so I can further understand the business model. As a member, I pay the $500 for the 10-week program. And then what happens after that? Do I go on a, a monthly membership from there on out? How does that work? Yeah, what's absolutely amazing is, is that 70% on average, so throughout our entire system, 70% of the people that uh, do the 10-week challenge end up staying on for what we call the legacy program. And essentially, it's depending on the market between $99 and $119 a month. And, uh, you know, they just pay month to month. Um, there's no long-term contracts, unlike a lot of uh, programs, and we earn their business on a, a daily basis by providing excellent service. So when I, once I've done the 10-week challenge, when I show up, my class, my 45-minute class will be a mix of people who are in the 10-week challenge and people like me who are past the 10-week challenge. Is that how it works? That's or how am it works. I in a class? That's how it works. That's ex okay. exactly how Which kind of you help each other as well. So there's that benefit, I suspect. Yeah. It, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, you'd be surprised, you know, the members that have been around for, let's say, a year or two years or three years. We've actually got members that have been with us since the beginning, which is amazing. People that have been around for nine years consistently without, mm -hmm. without you know, stopping pretty much at all. But, uh, you know, they help the newer members, you know, learn the nutrition, uh, stick with the program. And, you know, when you teach something to somebody else, it becomes, you become that much more accountable to, to stick with the program and, and continue on a, a healthy lifestyle path. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So my understanding, and certainly as you, if you explained this business model, I'm familiar with other clients who have similar businesses. One of the challenges, obviously, you have to continuously acquire and retain those members. You've touched on some of the, you know, retention that you're seeing, but, but how do you, is there a way that you think you guys uniquely address that or that you're doing better than others in the industry with that challenge of always having to sign up new members? Definitely. So in terms of signing up, first in terms of retention, right? So we lose, we track our retention very closely. So for new business owners, like, you know, I, I once heard the saying that you should run your business like you were launching a rocket ship into space. And I could only imagine that if not, when NASA is, is launching a rocket ship into space, they're monitoring everything. You know, the temperature of the, of the fuel tanks, the temperature of the engine, the amount of fuel, the burn rate, all these different, the thrust, all, there's so many different things that they're monitoring and that they're watching very closely in business. There's only a few things that we really have to, a few very distinct KPIs that we have to monitor very closely. In our business, we monitor the attrition on a, a weekly basis, and then we break it down by class, right? And the, the, what's very important uh, in, in our business is 
to keep the people for an extended period of time, right? Because it obviously costs more to garner a new member than it does to retain the ones that we have. Sure. So, you know, some of the things that we do is we have a celebration on their one year, we call it max anniversary. We celebrate people's birthdays. If somebody misses two classes in a row, they get a phone call from us. If they're a new member and they're in their first 10 weeks and they miss one class, they get a phone call from us. We do preemptive uh, calls like within the first two weeks of a person's membership, they're going to be called at least one time in order to just to see how they're doing, not to upsell them, not to, but just to see how they're doing. People really appreciate the, when you go the extra mile and it shows in our retention numbers. Mm -hmm. So that's method number one, but method number two, which is something that is stressed very deeply in the book, The E-Myth and Michael Gerber teaches this in all of his different uh, publications, books, tapes, uh, seminars, classes, is that, you know, deliver on your promise, right? Have the courage in business to, to determine what is the promise? What is it that you are promising to the world? For FedEx, it was on time every time exactly as promised. For the max challenge, it's transform your life in 10 weeks or your money back. And our staff is dedicated towards helping people transform their lives. And that garners a level of word of mouth that eventually helps to lower the costs of your lead generation, raise the number of leads that you're getting while at the same time lowering the costs, and making your sales process much, much easier because the majority of your business is coming from uh, word of mouth advertising. And that's the ultimate goal for us in every single one of our franchise locations, to get the customer satisfaction to be so strong that it accelerates the word of mouth and makes the sales process just that much easier. Okay, so a couple of questions related to that. On word of mouth then, do you have any kind of a, of a referral program uh, for your existing members? How do you incent your existing membership to refer you to their friends and family? I love that question. And you know, we, we struggled with this because you talked before about getting results through other people. And now that, you know, it's grown far beyond just a few locations that I have my direct, you know, uh, footprint on, you know, we had to shift and move a little bit. But initially, you know, when somebody would ask me, what do I get in return? I just brought my friend in, I just brought my neighbor in, etc. You know, we would simply look at them and say, you know, I, I, I wish I could tell you it was more than this, but ultimately you get the greatest gift of all. You get the gift of knowing <laughs> that you help somebody to completely transform their lives. And ultimately, I'll tell you, it sounds a little crazy, but ultimately we created a, a culture, a referral culture where the members are referring people because they truly want to help their friends and family garner the same amazing health and fitness results that they've gotten from the max challenge. So, so you're not incenting them at all to do so is what you're saying, correct? We well, we have, but oh, you have, okay. You know, well, they want to help them. And that, that, I think that's the foundation. Like, look, if you don't have an exceptional product and you jump to the incentivizing, mm -hmm. it will never work. That's yeah, my true. Yeah. And I, it just won't work. And I'm trying to get this across to franchisees. Believe me, every single day, I get really passionate about this. Yeah. So number one is you got to deliver on your promise in an incredible way. And that, and that you're saying is going to be the reward to me for bringing my friend or my cousin or my mom. But um, what about though, how 
sometimes what I've found, even if that's the case, is that we have to kind of prompt people to know, hey, this is how we grow our business. Will you do that for us? Do you find that you don't even have to do that? Well, you know what? At the highest level, and this this is the truth. Now, yes, we do have we do we do go we do do that, right? So we'll run a week where we say, okay, you know, it's friends and family week. Anyone that knows somebody that could benefit from this program in the same way that you have, please bring them to us because we okay. find that the best members are people just like you. We actually All call right. them PLUs, people like us. Right. And you probably know a PLU, you know, I'm talking to the people in the class now, you probably know a PLU, someone who could really benefit the way that you did. Please bring them in this week because next week we're going to start advertising and really promoting the next challenge. And I'd rather fill this room with your friends and your family. And the worst thing is if by next week I have to turn one of your friends away because we've already filled it up with people from the outside. I'd much rather bring in people that I know through my relationship with you. They're, yeah. they're more apt to do well with this program. Yeah, I love that. I love that that way of asking. So, so that's that's great. All right, on the customer satisfaction, I mean, obviously, you're you're measuring the obvious uh, indicator as to whether you're satisfying your customer, and that's retention. Do you have other ways of measuring customer satisfaction? Do you do surveys? I'm assuming you look at reviews. What are other ways that you measure uh, how happy the membership is? So we use a we use a program called Listen360. I highly recommend it. And Listen360 is a, a software platform that sends out automatic email uh, surveys at predetermined intervals. And we insist that every single one of our franchise locations, as well as our corporate-owned locations, utilize this, uh, this system. Because, you know, we want to keep our finger on the pulse. And we know, as an example, the one question on this survey that I really, I watch it literally every single day is, would you recommend the max challenge to a friend or family member? And right now, our response rate to that question, our positive yes response rate is 94%. Yeah, it's huge. It, it is huge, right? But it, it and, and I'll tell you what's even more huge about it. We could do, we do a, a comparison is, to uh, the response to that question, would you recommend the Max Challenge to a friend or family member? And the centers that are above 90% have a much higher gross revenue than the centers that are below. Literally, like if you have 87% as compared to, let's say, 91% on, as an answer to that question, you might have a $100,000 swing in your top line revenue. Amazing. So yeah. it is amazing. Right. Because that's what's fueling the, the whole system is sure, the referrals sure. and the solid, you know, foundation, the, the longevity of a, of a member. Absolutely. Great stuff. All right. Uh, to get topical, how how has the whole coronavirus crisis impacted your business and your franchisees? What are you guys doing? I mean, gyms have been really hit. And, and I'm also curious as to how you think you're going to come out of it. So how are you dealing with it now? So I think we're dealing with it exceptionally well, right? And so when, when I say exceptionally well, uh, our revenue is down by 50%. So, you know, that that's like a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. However, you know, we were thrown a curveball and, you know, business in life and in business, not just in business, but in life in general. My philosophy is, you know, you got to roll with the punches and you got to come out swinging. And when you're pushed up against the wall, 
you know, your true colors come out, right? And whether you've got the true grit and the will to overcome and not only to survive, but to thrive, you know, who you are comes out more so when you're under pressure. So we immediately sprung into action before the, the government mandated our closure. I saw it coming, everybody saw it coming. We truly didn't wanna face it. There was a lot of franchisees that were saying, okay, you're crazy because we closed our centers down a week and a half before the governor required us to close down. Wow. And we converted to an online platform. And, uh, you know, we didn't preserve 100% of our business. No, yeah. You know, but we built a white picket fence around the portion of our business that we could protect. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud of that. And I'm proud of the franchisees because I pushed them. I pushed them to make the decision early. Then I pushed them to go virtual. We're pushing our instructor staffs to go virtual. It's not a format that they're used to delivering our offering in. And, you know, there's a lot of change isn't easy for a lot of people, right? So, you know, I needed to lead them through that change. And they rose to the occasion and we're 100% virtual now with 50% of our revenue. But, you know, we seem to be holding steady there. And I think it's positioning ourselves for a tremendous comeback. A tremendous comeback. Do you think that you might, after we get past this, retain some of the online offering? I think we're going to retain the, a, a good portion of the online offering for sure. Even more importantly, a good majority of our members followed us from, you know, the live, what we were, were used to just a few short weeks ago, you know, meeting in a, in a, in a center they followed us into this virtual capacity. So we were able to protect that revenue stream and then they're gonna remain loyal and they're gonna stay with us you know, be, beyond this event for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta think that's one of the things about your model because it's beyond you know, do this exercise or lift this weight. It's the group component, it's the health, uh, excuse me, the, the diet component uh, and those things certainly can continue virtually, can't they? They definitely can. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for sharing that. All right. We, we've, we've talked a lot about the model. So, so I get that. And I think our listeners get it as well. As I, I ask you for more about your business, let me ask it this way. What makes an ideal franchisee for the max challenge at a high level? So at a high level, number one is a growth mindset, right? Someone who's got a, 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 a real thirst for constant and never ending improvement. Number two is somebody who has a passion for uh, helping people live happier, healthier, more fulfilled lives. And that's proving right now, you know, going through this COVID-19 event, you know, the people that truly have a passion for this business are the ones that are gonna come out on the top, not only surviving, but in some ways thriving, positioning themselves for a really strong comeback. You know, and if you don't have a passion for the max challenge of providing the service that we offer, or even a passion for whatever business you might be considering going into getting through an event like this is going to be tough, right? Yes, so yes. growth mindset, number two, passion. Number three is we're looking for people that really are willing to make a declaration and a commitment towards being the best in the world. Now people look at me and say that I'm nuts when I say that, but this is something that I truly believe in my heart, whether someone's looking at the max challenge as a franchise opportunity or one of your clients is looking to get into business, whatever it might be, they should really look at it and say, 
do I really have it in me to strive? Is this something that I have the potential to be the best in the world at? Now I could tell you, I don't know if I'm the best in the world, but I know, let's say like in Manalpa, New Jersey, in Freehold, New Jersey, in uh, Houston, Texas, where we have a unit, in, in Indiana, where our franchisee is operating, in all these places where we have these absolutely fantastic centers, we're the best in the world. It doesn't matter if we're actually the best in the entire world, but the world to the people in Manalpa, New Jersey is Manalpa, New Jersey. That's their world. So in Manalpa, New Jersey, as long as I could be the best at fitness, nutrition, motivation, and results, well, then I'm the best in the world to those people. So I guess number three is, can this, does this person have the ability to strive to be the best in the world? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then from a financial perspective, I know it ranges, but what are we talking investment wise typically? So all in on average, you know, some people get in for a little bit less, some people for a little bit more, depending on where in the country and such, but it's around $200,000 all in to get into the system. Okay. Lower than I would have thought. So yeah, interesting. And that's, uh, I got to guess in part, the finish out of these spaces is not all that involved, right? Um, There's some equipment, obviously, but, but not a lot of finish out to the space. Is that part of why it's not higher? That's exactly why, you know, we, we work towards keeping the initial costs down and, you know, that way people could recover their initial investment rather quickly and their ongoing profits to be high. How many locations right now, more or less? 81. Wow. Wonderful. Okay, great. Anything about the, the business that we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention? Well, not particularly about the business, but I I would just say to people out there that getting into business for yourself could be the absolute best thing that you could do for yourself, or it could be the worst thing that you do for yourself, depending on who you are and what your goals are. So I would encourage everybody to really look at those those three criteria that I laid out. You know, uh, number one, do you have a passion for the business? Number two, is it a business with a good financial legs that could provide all the things that you're looking to get out of life. And then number three, is it something that you could really commit to in terms of being the best in the world? And whether it's the Max Challenge or any other business, I I would say that you need to check those three boxes if you really want to create something that's exceptional for yourself and for your community. Yeah, well said. Good way to summarize it. And then for a book recommendation, I know it's going to be the E-Myth, right? That's, uh, we've talked about it quite a bit on this episode. That is the most recommended book of everybody that I've asked this question. And I think it's a must read for existing and, and even uh, obviously if you're planning to go into business. Beyond um, a shadow of a doubt. You came to it pretty early. So how did you get introduced to Michael Gerber so early? You know, uh, I was watching, uh, at the time, it must have been a videotape. <laughs> I think it all went back. And the gentleman on the videotape was like a business consultant or something like that, a sales, you know, a, a, it was a sales, you had to do sales or something. And he mentioned the E-Myth. So I, I, won't, I would never forget because it was, it was a weekend. I ran to the bookstore, bought the E-Myth. And at the end, it has like a little form or at that time it had a form and you had to fax it in. <laughs> So literally like over the weekend, I faxed it in. And then first thing Monday morning, one of their salespeople called me and I like Tuesday, I was enrolled in there at the time. I, I don't remember exactly what it was called. It, 
the Michael Gerb, the Michael something company was, it wasn't what it is now, but anyways, that's how I, that's how I got into it. And I, I stayed with that program for four years for four straight years. Fantastic. Um, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I am convinced that, and I'm sure you are as well, that that's what allowed you to make that transition from, you know, just being the technician, the, the, the martial arts expert to actually bring into it, becoming a business owner and allowing you to franchise so quickly. It, that has to be why you're able to do that and to a large extent, right? Obviously your hard work, your dedication, all that good stuff, but you had that knowledge of how to do it. Yes. And I think, you know, as, as another piece of advice that I would give to anybody, because I know you're a business coach and, you know, I, I would say to anybody out there, don't, uh, don't underestimate the power of finding the correct business coach for you. Someone to guide you, someone who's been there before, someone who's uh, got the knowledge, the expertise, uh, the wherewithal to kind of guide you in the right direction. You know, it was such a powerful experience that I've uh, have never stopped having a business. I, you know, I've I've migrated from time to time to different business coaches, but I, I've never stopped. I always have a business coach uh, uh, by my side at all times. Yep, yep, same here. Yeah, I agree completely. All right, tell us again where you want us to go online to find out more about the Max Challenge. So it's really easy to remember. Remember, it's uh, simply themaxchallenge.com. Wonderful. And we'll have a link to that on the show notes page as well for this episode. Brian, uh, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for sharing, being so transparent with everything and, and answering all the questions. And again, your patience with, with the rescheduling. Uh, great conversation. Thanks for, for being with me today. Thank you so much, Henry. I really enjoyed it. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was Brian Klein. We release new episodes every Monday morning. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com, or you can just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. And thanks to our show sponsor, ZBrand all-in-one branding platform to help you grow your small business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.